Ted Francis is back with us to help us navigate. He's the chief investment officer and co-founder co at Convexitas. Zed, congratulations on the new firm. Looking forward to having you back here on the show as you have been. And uh, I give you a big run up on Twitter coming into this break saying once again that of all the guests I talked to, you had the most crazy, suspicious top call in February for the market. So I want to know what you think right now. What do you make of the sell off today? Uh, well, I think at this point, this is, uh, you know, a little break in trend, but not necessarily going to break the trend. I, I think we actually need to see follow through over the next two, three days. And I think what follow through looks like is most likely something along the lines of an up for a day for a lot of folks uh, do buy this dip, but then have a day similar to ourselves uh, uh, today, uh, you know, call it Wednesday, Thursday, next week, which would confirm a, a little bit of a change along with uh, having folks realize pretty significant amount of losses, especially because I think a lot of what we want to talk about is a lot of folks are participating in the market not by buying stocks, but instead by buying options. Okay, so uh, what does that mean, right? We've been talking about this quite a bit. The VIX was doing that thing where it was moving up as the market was moving up. Uh, Scott Nations was on the show pointing out that his index is the track tail risk bets basically was like going through the roof and then i was reading other reports about the old gamma chase and that stuff so uh just take me through it here in terms of what you think is most important for understanding volatility's role yeah no, i think what's kind of happened the last eight weeks and has been really accentuated the last couple of weeks is, is three simple factors uh first off Equity uh, op equity volumes uh, have been incredibly light and getting lighter every single day, along with liquidity has been getting a little worse just looking at bid-ask spreads. And I think the mix of that is, you know, people are at home and not doing things unless they're forced to do it, along with it being summer. So all that's kind of reasonably normal. But what that means is it takes relatively minimal flows to actually cause market movements, purely because, once again, equity volumes are light. On the other side of things, option volumes have picked up and picked up significantly. Uh, just looking at you know, CBOE option volumes are up almost 50% year over year, and it's been accelerating, uh, frankly, ever since uh, the start of COVID. Um, and where are these new option volumes coming from is equally important. And we see most of these new option players they're strike buyers, not volatility buyers or sellers. And okay. Effectively, what that means they're not collecting is, premium. They're trying to bet on a move. Right. They're 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 picking a directional move. And so, if somebody purchases a, a call, but their their game plan is to hold that call effectively until expiration. They just think the stock is going to go higher. That means at execution, they're buying the call, and then we're going to see where the market goes. The person that's selling them that call is actually hedging that risk both at the point of execution and every single day. So a, a quick example would be somebody buying a next next week Friday, you know, Tesla 450 strike call. The delta on that call day one is, is 20. So if they were, you know, a large player, they're buying 100 million notional of that call. The person selling it to them is going to purchase 20 million shares uh, to make sure the risk is, is zero uh, at that point at the execution of the transaction. Okay. Let's say Tesla goes up 10% tomorrow, that delta goes from 20 to 50, meaning that person has to go from 20 million to 50 million of owning underlying Tesla stock 
meaning they have to purchase 30 million more. And as it keeps going higher, they have to keep buying more stock just to make themselves in a risk neutral position. So you create a situation where, you know, market going up causes more buying, which obviously causes the market to go up further and has a, a very aggressive trend and where momentum quality purely due to the fact that the buyers of the options are not hedging their risk every day, but the sellers of the options are. I see. Okay, so to, to jump in there, basically somebody's on the other side, right, of these calls that, in your example, somebody bought for something like Tesla. The stock is moving towards their strike, so the person who sold those calls in has to hedge that by buying the stock, which pushes the stock up more. So at what point does this kind of vortex either end, is it at the expiry, or is the stock actually moves through the strike and then the stock is delivered, or what then is kind of step two here? So, you know, what, what's been going on is, is these folks, uh, you know, I think it's a mix of retail trend and momentum type fund, a collection of all of those are new participants in, in volatility. You know, first they started buying monthly calls and then it's turned into, you know, one day, three day, five day calls, which just accentuates everything that we just talked about in terms of having to hedge. And as long as it keeps working, you know, we get to Friday, they sell the call that they bought, but they're probably buying a new call for next Friday. So it keeps going and going and going. And that's what we've seen for the last eight weeks. Um, but I think it only takes a, a sneeze like today and a possibly a follow-up sneeze to completely clean out uh, that mechanism that's taking place. So if you own a bunch of tomorrow calls and your Apple and Tesla and so on and so forth, they're probably now worthless, right? And so if you're a, a trend or momentum fund, you're probably going to re-wrap. You're gonna go ahead and buy more of those, you know, maybe tomorrow for, for the following Friday. So they're not going away after the first round. And if you're a retail person, you know, once again, you, you lost all that premium, but because it's worked so many times before, one loss probably isn't gonna back you off of doing it again. Hmm. Now, if you get two or three losses in a row, if you're a trend or momentum guy, that's no longer trend. It's that, you know, the market's trend isn't higher, it's probably lower. And if you're a momentum person, same thing, the momentum isn't higher, it's probably lower at that stage. So they disappear from buying these one, three, five day calls. And at the same time, if you're a retail investor, your wallet has probably declined quite aggressively because you know, you know purchasing calls, a lot of leverage. And if they expire worthless, you lose obviously all of your money. And so doing that two, three times, probably eats into a lot of your portfolio value, which will either slow them down or make their sizes a lot less. So that's where you use the word leverage, and when you describe that uh, kind of uh, trade feeding on itself between the owner and then the seller, both uh, being basically long at a certain point, it seems like it's leveraged to where it almost becomes this kind of like straddle market, where either the calls end up being right, and then you just keep melting up, or at a certain point, it kind of, it eventually kind of has to snap in a way. And then how do we, or what do we watch rather to see if it snaps further, because if I'm understanding you right, if that trend then shifts, then you could create a situation where the downside ha happens very quickly. Now, we may be getting that downside today, but how will you gauge or how can anyone kind of look to see how much of that is still pent up, how much of that leverage is still sitting in this pocket of the market? 
Yeah, and it's actually, I think, a reasonably easy thing to, to gauge. So really? It's the, it's the antithesis of what's happened in the last 10 days. The last 10 days, we've seen the market go up almost every single day, and at the same time, volatility has gone up. And that's because, once again, it's working. Buying calls is working. Buying options is working. So people are doing more and more of it, bidding up volatility and very specific names, but it's trickling into the index as a whole. So I think what you're going to see on the opposite side, when all of a sudden those participants have you know, lost two, three times in a row of, of purchasing those calls and are no longer doing that, is you're gonna actually see the market go down and volatility also go down. And when you see those two things happen mm. in tandem, I think that's gonna signal that these folks that were, once again, strike buyers of calls are now no longer participating in the marketplace. Okay, and right now, today we're getting the sell off and VIX is going higher. So we're not getting that yet today. So that's what we'll watch for number one is if the market's going down and the VIX is coming down, like the inverse of when it was going up and VIX was going up. So that makes sense. Um, and then in terms of your general view of the market, we're, this is kind of a separate pocket of events we're describing right now. When this is over and let's say we get that day where stocks go down, VIX comes down, it seems some of this has been cleaned out from the market. That doesn't necessarily imply any directional things, any directional view on the market yet either, right? Because in theory, there would be some you know, fundamental reason for whether it goes down or up or whatever. And that's a separate story. I, I, I would I would agree that it doesn't speak to anything you know three months out. This is definitely a, a short-term event that these technicals are, are are driving. But you know once again I, I think it can be a, a truly significant violent move. Like what we're seeing today is not the move I'm talking about. It's more of a down 10, 15, 20% single day type of move. And and once again, the reason for that is all these folks that are buying these calls, the dealer on the other side, say they are, they now own you know 100 cents of those shares because the calls were all in the money. They instantly on a move like today somewhat, but you need probably a little bit more aggressive move like this, those delta go to zero. And so you get to that point where now all of a sudden, rather than the dealers having to buy every single day because the market's going up, they actually have to sell and they have to sell aggressively mm. all at once in that single day. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I, I think this type of situation where, you know, market goes up as long as it keeps going up and you're positioning for days where it can randomly go down 10 plus percent is, is the right way to be thinking about the risk within your portfolio. But yes, after that down 10, 15, possibly more aggressive single day, that completely cleanses the system, removing mm. these uh, you know, participants. Uh, and at that stage, then we can go back to looking at fundamentals and see whether you think things are cheap or expensive. Okay, thank you, Zed. Really good walkthrough. Uh, it's a complicated topic that uh, I've struggled to figure out for a long time, despite its role in the markets. Appreciate you breaking it down for us. Zed Francis, CIO and co-founder at Convex.